Blog Talk Radio. All right, all right, this is Elder G. Bazaar. This is Watchman on the Wall. This is End Time Ministry Radio. Talking to you from Warren, Ohio. And I'm going on down there in Atlanta, Georgia to Block Talk Radio. And from there, I'm going to the world. Let the world know. Let the people know. Let, let the drunkards and the liars and the prostitutes know Jesus Christ loves you, loves you. He don't love what's going on with you, but he loves you. And he loves you so much that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish. That is a love letter. That is a love note. That is a love letter stamped on the annals of time. God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have an everlasting life. Thank God for Jesus Christ, for it was Christ. God himself manifested in the flesh, seen of angels, justified by the Spirit, received back up into glory, been gone for 2,000 years. 2,000 years, Christ has been gone. And he said, if I go away, I will come again and receive him to myself. And my friends, I'm here to tell you tonight, tell you this evening, tell you tomorrow, tell you till I can't tell you no more. Christ is soon to come back. There's no time wasted. Don't let your soul be lost when he comes. For the next time he comes, he's coming in two phases. The first phase... He comes to get the church. He comes to get the church in the first phase. The first phase is the rapture. The rapture must occur before he can come back to the earth. He will descend from heaven with a shout. His feet will not touch the earth. Amen. He will call the church home. When he calls the church home, the church will be going to the judgment seat of Christ. And there they will be judged for the works for the works that they have done in this body, whether it be good or whether it be evil. After the church is raptured up, it would start, initiate the seven-year tribulation. The seven-year tribulation will be here on earth. That will be the judgment of the world. That's when Christ is going to take seven years to judge the world. In other words, Satan will come and he will be the false Christ that will claim that he is the true Christ, and he will deceive the world and believe that he is Jesus Christ. And we know the devil is always, well, always, when he was created by God, he got a, a evil thought in his mind that he could overthrow God and be like God and do the things that God does. And God rebuked him and cast him out of heaven. And he's been on this earth for 6,000 years, raving havoc, destroying, killing, and murdering. And his time is almost up. And Jesus Christ has given mankind 6,000 years to deal with him. And the last dealing would be the millennium reign. But right now we're in the sixth millennium, the end, you hear what I said? The end of the sixth millennium reign 
of Satan. Satan's been reigning for 6,000 years, and he made a mess out of people's lives. That's what he wants. He wants to destroy the beauty of God's image, and he wants to destroy man because man is not living in God's image, and God's image is holiness, sanctification, justification. God's image is the image of the blood of Jesus Christ in our hearts to change our lives, and we can be in the image of God Almighty. And that's the world don't want that. The world don't want to live for God. The world don't want to praise God. The world now, I'm talking about the world, the world don't want to praise God. They don't want to give God thanks. They want to go on about their way and say, forget God, forget his sacrifice, forget his love. He don't, and, and people got the nerve enough to say, God don't love me. You know if God didn't love you, he wouldn't let you live another minute. He wouldn't let you live another second. He wouldn't let you live another split second. But he loved you so much, and since you were born, which you wouldn't, you wouldn't ask to be born, but since you was born, and you were born in sin and shaped in iniquity, you couldn't help it because it was because of Adam and Eve disobeyed God in the, in the Garden of Eden. When they disobeyed God in the Garden of Eden, sin came into the world, and man fell. Oh, my God. Great was the fall. Great was the fall. He fell down from Innocent down to debauchery. Man is cruel now. Man is mean. Man is unbelieving. Man is treacherous. Man is going mad because of Adam and Eve. They failed. And since they failed, God cast them out of the Garden of Eden. But he said, there's a time coming when I will redeem. I'm going to get man back. I'm going to get exactly what I died for. Woo! God is going to get what he got. Oh, yes, he's going to get. And it seems like the world believes today that God is losing and the devil is winning. But I'm telling you, the devil is losing. He's losing yesterday. He, lose, he lost the battle ever since he fell from heaven. And now he's trying to condemn the human race. But God Almighty said, I got a plan and I knew about it before the foundations of the world, before Lucifer was ever created, before man was ever created, before anything was ever created. God had a plan, knowing aforetime that man was going to fall. And he said, since man's going to fall, I've got a plan for the redemptive plan to bring him back. And guess what? God is getting his people. Yes, he's getting his people. And I know the devil got a whole lot of people, a whole lot of people going to hell over Lucifer, over the devil, over what he has planned for for, for, for mankind. And mankind is right now saying, I'm on the devil's side. Man, I'm going to serve the devil. The devil got all kinds of goodies, all kinds of, 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 of things that I can get into and make my life pleasant. But Satan is not going to let your life be pleasant. He may seem like it. But after it's all over, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. I'm telling you now, don't die. Don't die. Don't die today without Jesus Christ. Don't die. If you die without Jesus Christ, seriously, I mean ultimately seriously, if you die without Jesus Christ coming into your life and changing your life from death to life, and you don't repent for your sins and confess with your mouth and believe with your heart 
that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead and came back to life the third day morning, and he said, now I got all power in heaven and earth in my hand, and I got the keys of what? Death, hell, and the grave. Now, why in the world would you want to go to hell when Jesus Christ got the keys of death and hell and the only thing you got to do, this is what you got to do. The only thing you got to do is repent and, let, and acknowledge that you are a sinner and that you need a Savior. And the only Savior that can save your soul is Jesus Christ. No man, no woman, no other religion, no occult, nothing can save your soul but the blood of Jesus Christ and Christ died on Calvary. Oh, yes, he did. He died on Calvary's cross. He suffered and died on Calvary's cross. And by him suffering and died, every man, every boy, every girl, every old person, every, every, every black person, every white person, every Jew has an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ and become in the likeness and the image of God's holiness, his righteousness. But the world is saying, I don't want to stop this. I want to keep on doing it. And living in an age now, people really don't believe Christ is coming back. And I'm surprised that church folks confessing that they know Jesus Christ, they love Jesus Christ, and don't believe that he even died. They say that he's just Jesus Christ, and he really didn't do that. They don't believe that we're living in the last days. They don't believe that Christ is actually coming back to judge the world. But I'm here to tell you that he is coming back. I know he's coming back. I can see that he's coming back. I can feel that he's coming back. And I will put my hand on a chopping block. Now, I know that sounds kind of crazy. But I'll put my hand on the chopping, put my head on the chopping block and know that the word of God is right. The word of God is true. The word of God is unchanging. The word of God will last forever. The word of God will never fail. And Jesus Christ is the word. He was made flesh. Seen of angels, justified by the Spirit. This is Watchman on the Wall, End Time Radio Ministry, coming to you to let you know there is hope in Jesus Christ. The only salvation we know is in Jesus Christ, and he's soon to come back. Let's bow our heads before we go into the Word. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy and your goodness. We ask you right now, Father, use my lips to pray that I might speak to somebody out there that needs help. They need help because you're the only help we got. There's no other name given under heaven whereby men can be saved in the name of Jesus Christ. For Jesus Christ is same yesterday, same today, and forevermore. Lord, use my lips to play. Let the Holy Spirit rule my life, my mind, my soul, and my spirit. And let me speak your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, we are in the last days. And by us being in the last day, we see that the world is tumbling. The world is in a shape like never before. We got killing. We got murderers. We got homosexuals. We got everything the opposite of God's holiness. We got church folks doing the same thing that the world doing, confessing that they know Jesus Christ and live a hypocritical life. We got people say they love God and hate their brother, which is a liar and the truth is not in him because the love of God will pass all understanding. No man can love God. No man can love God and then say that he hate his brother. Ooh, he's a stone-faced liar. And in the book 
of the first epistle of John. We want to read some things out of that for you this evening to get your word. If you get your Bibles out, amen, if you feel like getting your Bibles out, go to First John, the third chapter, third chapter. Let's see what Apostle John is saying. This is the one that wrote the book of Revelation. It says here, third chapter, first verse says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world know us not, because it knew him not. That's the first verse in the third chapter of the epistle of First John. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. God has bestowed upon those that believe in him. Not only that, he has bestowed love upon us that don't believe in him because he loved the just as well he loved the unjust. We realize that Jesus Christ came to save the sinner. He didn't come to call the righteous, but to save the sinner from sin because there's one thing God hates. He hates sin. He hates what the devil is putting out on the human race. He hates it with a passion. He hates it so much. Woo, he hates it so much. Then he said, I'm going to do something about it. You know what I'm going to do? God himself, I'm going to do something about it. He, I, I, he could destroy the whole world and forget about it all. He could just say, I'm through with it, I'm done with it. But that's not God. That's the devil. That's Satan. Satan wants to get rid of you. But in the Bible, we read John 3.16, which I read it before, Amen. I had prayer. It said, for God so loved the world. He loves you. He loves you with an unconditional love. He loves you so much that he don't want you to be destroyed by sin because that's what's going to destroy you if you don't get, you, if you don't get set free. God is not going to destroy nobody. Sin is what destroyed. The devil destroyed because he didn't come to do three things. He come to kill. Rob and destroy, and living in a world that's caring about 7.5 billion people today. It's turning 17 miles, 17.4 miles a second. It's turning every day, 24/7, seven days a week, 365 days a year. It's turning, it's turning, it's turning. And man is on the planet, and man says, man, the world is at the end. The end of what? The end of the age. The end of the church age. The end of the church age. The world will never end. But what God is going to end, he's going to end the whole whole uh, destruction of sin. He's going to get rid of sin. But before he gets rid of sin and destruction, he wants to save those so they won't have to suffer the consequence of way, of hell. Because hell is where all, listen to me what I'm saying, all sinners go to hell. I said all sinners will go to hell. And the Bible says we all are born in and shaped in iniquity. Every man that's ever born, every man that was born from the time of Adam until 2023, and people, babies have been born today. And guess what? That baby is born in sin and shaped in iniquity. The Adamic nature that that baby had come from Adam. And we know Adam, 
we know a baby is innocent, but that sin trait is in that baby, and as that baby grows, he will come to acknowledge what sin is. So right now, he's in the state of innocence. He's in the state of innocence. And they tell me Jesus Christ died. He died for the condition that that baby's in because he's in, in belief. He is a baby. He don't, that little baby don't know right from wrong. It's an innocent child. And God loved that child so much that the blood of Jesus Christ covered that child's sin that he, she, he or she got from Adam until the age of accountability. So a baby, if it would die, if it's aborted, if it loses its life at the age before accountability, that baby will go directly to heaven. That baby will go directly to heaven because that child is in the state of innocence. And when Christ died, he died for the Adamic nature of Adam that brought it down to this present time. So thank God for Jesus Christ, for his mercy, for his love. And yet still God has bestowed love upon you. Woo! Listen, you're you at the age of accountability now. You you know right from wrong. You know how to get up. You know how to do things. And here's uh, Apostle John is saying, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed up on us, that we should be called the sons of God. I am a son of God. I'm not God. I'm, I'm not claiming no deity of God. I'm a son of God. And I can... I can distinguish right from wrong because, number one, when we come to know Jesus Christ, we are born again. And when we are born again, we become a son of God, a small son of God. Because there's a lot of people going around today claiming that they're God, claiming that they can save, claiming that the, uh, uh, they're the, the Messiah. That's a lie. Uh-uh. Ain't nothing but one Messiah. Ain't up but one Messiah, and that Messiah is the king of the Jews. He came to his own, and his own received him not, but as many received him, he gave them power to become the sons of God because he bestowed the love of, of his love upon the Jewish people, and not only the Jewish people, but upon the Gentiles. He loved the world, the whole world, the whole round world, and now he has bestowed his love upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Present which is foreign to the present world, in fact, comes from another world. We are the sons of God by virtue and adoption into the family of God derived through the born-again experience. That born-again experience, the world does not recognize nor acknowledge a born-again believer that is called the son of God just as they did not recognize nor acknowledge Christ to be the Son of God. The world does not recognize the Christian faith. They don't recognize it. They can't understand it. They can't, it, 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 how can a man live holy in a sin-sick world? How can a man live holy with all the temptations, with all the, the things that's going on? How can he live holy? Let me tell you, that's what the cross came in for. That's what the cross can do, and only the cross can do that. No man can live holy on his own. No man can claim holiness on his own. It takes the blood of Jesus Christ for man to become holy, and that's why Jesus Christ knew he had to die for humanity because he's the only man that was only, only born man that could ever, what, save humanity. 
How could he save humanity? He was not only man only. He was God too. He was God in man. God became man. God became flesh. God became just like us. He was able to see, walk, talk. He had pain. He suffered. He died. He cried. Ooh, he got hungry. He got angry. He had all the the, the, the uh, uh, nature of a man, but in all that he did, he never sinned. Because God cannot sin. God can't do no wrong. God is perfect. And when he was born, he was born in a sinless body because that body came from Mary, and Mary does not carry the sin trait. Mary cannot carry, although she was a sinner, she did not carry the sin trait. It was Adam that carried the sin trait. It was Adam because of man being born in sin. But when Jesus Christ was born, he was not born by flesh or blood, nor the will of man, or by the power of man. He was born by the will of God. That was God, the Holy Ghost, impregnated Mary. Woo! The Holy Ghost is God. Oh, God. Permanently God. The real God. He impregnated Mary by the Holy Ghost, and Mary was found with child. And that child was born, it was born without sin. Why? Because the seed of God's Holy Spirit and the power of God's Holy Spirit impregnated Mary, and Mary didn't carry the sin trait. So when Jesus Christ was born, he was born sinless. Sinless. Sin underneath him, sin over top of him, sin next to him. But all the sin that was around him, there's one thing about it. There was no sin in him. He became and he is a a spotless lamb, a lamb. He is the son of God. He is the very essence of God. He is the almighty God. And when he became man, he was able to what? Die the physical death. And he died a physical death through the cross. And when he died a physical death, on the third day morning, he was resurrected up, resurrected up by the power of God. Now he will not die anymore because he done paid. He done paid the penalty for sin. Every sin that man could ever do, Jesus Christ paid the penalty. He paid it all. And now we can be called the sons of God if man would repent. Man got to repent in order to be saved. Except the man repent, he shall likewise perish. That's found in the 13th chapter of St. Luke. In fact, let's get that and see what it says. Amen. To make sure, amen, that you get the word of God from here. Amen. 13 and 3. 13 and 3 says, Praise God, praise God, to whom all blessings flow. 13 and 3 says this. Uh, this, is, this, is, this is Jesus talking. And Jesus answered and said unto them, You suppose that, ye, that these be Galileans? were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things? I tell you, I tell you, no. But except, listen, but except you repent, 
you shall likewise perish. This is a message of sober. No. Evidently, they had assumed in their minds that the judgment suffered by these people was because of their great sins. They reasoned that they were themselves were much more righteous and would not suffer much. Jesus tells them differently. He tells them, he tells them, I tell you, but no, except you repent, you shall likewise perish. If Christ says something one time, it is extremely significant. It is said twice here. It is said twice in this chapter here. Except you repent, you shall likewise perish. Significant, it is said twice as here. Then it takes on the consequences of unconceded proportion. The tragic is in 70 AD. They did perish when Titus, the Roman general, completely destroyed Jerusalem. Except ye repent, you shall likewise perish. And the Jews in 70 AD, they did not repent of their sins. And that was about that was about 40 years when the temple got destroyed. The Jews did not repent after Jesus Christ was crucified, came back from the dead. They did not repent. And by them repent, they perished. In Jerusalem, and Jesus Christ said it two times, except you repent, you shall likewise perish. That means you shall be, go into eternal damnation and burn in hell forever. You're not going to perish and disappear and disintegrate because your soul is an everlasting mortal immortality. Your soul will live forever somewhere. There are only two places where you can live. You can live in heaven or you can live in hell. You can abide in hell or you abide in heaven. If you don't repent and be godly sorrows for the low-down, dirty, rotten sins that you have done through your life, the unbelief, the lying, the cheating, the backbiting, the whoremonger, the gambling, the wine old, if you don't repent of that and be sorry, that you have sinned against a righteous, holy, immutable, omnipotent, up the present, God, almighty now, almighty, nobody before him and nobody after him. He is self-existent. he got all power in heaven and earth in his hand, and he can save little old me. He can save little old you because you're not that big and I'm not that big and I'm not that tough. God can't break me down. Uh, you ain't that tough that God can't break you down and let you know, look, I'm a holy God and I recommend, I demand holiness. I demand that if you don't repent and turn from your wicked ways and have a change of mind and heart and disposition, if you don't repent and come to me and let me save you by my blood, you will die in your sins and pay the penalty for your sins, and that would be in hell. You will die and go to hell. I can't say that enough. I cannot say that enough. But, but no, I, I, I can't stop doing it. No, it's not about you stop doing anything. It's about you a sinner whether you do it or not. 
because you're not a sinner because you sin. You're a sinner because you don't know who Jesus Christ is. You're a sinner because you don't know who Jesus Christ is. But when you become saved, that don't mean you're going to become perfect and, and, and don't sin no more. Yes, you're going to sin some more, but it won't be a practice sin. It won't be something that you like. It won't be something that you enjoy. Because if you're a sinner, you enjoy the sin that you do. But when you become a child of God and love God and, 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 and worship God, you hate sin. You hate wrongdoing. You hate lying talking. You hate adultery. You hate fornication. You hate all of that stuff, that debauchery of sin. And you love Jesus more than you love anything. And the Bible says when you come to a change, you will know it. Because the Bible says you know you are passing death to life because you love the brotherhood. Listen here. Listen here. Beloved, now we are the sons of God. And it does not yet appear that we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, he shall, we shall be like him. But we shall see him as he is. Now listen. Beloved, now we are the sons of God. We are just as much as the son of God now as we will be after the resurrection. Our present state as a son of God is not all like that we shall be in the coming resurrection. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like you. That's at the rapture. See, we got a physical body. We got a body of clay. We got a body that's sin, sinful. We got a body that's called flesh. We got a body that's depraved, and it has sin embedded in us. That's in the body. But when the Holy Spirit comes in, it takes control of the, the desires that you used to have and it eliminates those, those 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 things, and you will always have a battle between the flesh and the flesh and the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit maintains your discipline, it maintains your love for God, it maintains every righteousness, it maintains justification and sanctification. Because when we appear, this mortal body, this old body that I'm walking around in, this body that can get sick, this body that has pain. I will be changed in a moment of a twinkling eye at the rapture. When the rapture occurs, this mortal body shall be changed, and we shall pick up a glorified body just like Christ. Because when Jesus Christ was resurrected from the dead, he no longer had a blood system. He no longer had anything to deal with the earthly vessel because the vessel that he had God was a glorified body. Well, when Jesus Christ comes, we are definitely going to get a glorified body. Those that have been born again and sanctified by the Spirit, we shall in a moment of a twinkling of an eye be caught up to meet the Lord in the air at the rapture. We shall then be a glorified body. The physical eye in a mortal body could not look upon that glory only only eyes in the glorified body. What 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 the writer is saying here is that when Christ comes, I cannot look upon him in this mortal body. I can't look upon him. Can't. I cannot look upon the glorified Christ when he comes back again. 
And when he comes back again, in order for me to see Jesus, talk with Jesus, look upon Jesus with, 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 with a straight face, look upon Jesus without any conviction, look upon Jesus without any condemnation, I've got to have a spiritual body. I got to have a spiritual body. This spiritual body can only be given by born again believers by God's power. You cannot get a what? You cannot get a spiritual body and you have not accepted Jesus Christ. So what you going to say? What you saying, preacher? I'm saying that if you don't have the Holy Ghost when Christ comes with the new birth, guess what? You are going to be left here on this earth in your natural body, and you may have to go through the tribulation period. And going through the tribulation period, you must be able to have enough faith and enough endurance to recognize what's getting ready to happen after the rapture of the church. Because the rapture of the church comes, the world is going to change from from, from bad to worse and from worse to worse. Because at the rapture, Jesus Christ is going to remove every born-again believer, and that that will leave nobody on this planet saved. Nobody on this planet. After the rapture church, nobody on this planet won't be saved until an event happens. Because after the rapture of the church, there's going to be a seven-year tribulation period, a seven-year tribulation period, a seventh week spoken by Daniel the prophet, a 1,260 days the first part of the tribulation and 1,260 days in the latter part of the tribulation. And the first part of the tribulation, after the rapture of the church, the church will go home. The church will go before the judgment seat of Christ. Every born-again believer from the time of the beginning of time will meet the Lord in the air, including the church. When the church is removed, that will give and start the seven-year tribulation. That will bring in, guess what? It's going to bring in the false Christ. It's going to bring in the Antichrist. It's going to bring in the son of perdition. It's going to bring in the wicked one. It's going to bring up on the earth the false Christ in which Satan is going to use through a man. This man is on the planet now. Oh, my God. I know this sounds like a, a, a joke, but this is not a joke. This is the word of God. There's a man already on the earth right now on the earth waiting for what? He's waiting for the removal of the body of Christ. He cannot do nothing right now as long as the church is here on this earth. The last church age, just before Christ comes, is known as Laocidians. Laocidians is known as that hypocritical church, that church that neither hot nor cold is lukewarm. This is the church that will move into the tribulation period and become the great whore. This is the church in which people that's in this church and calling themselves Christian, calling themselves born-again believers, calling themselves filled with the Holy Ghost, all those that having a form of God but don't know, have no power, they will lead into the world church. The world church is already here. The Roman Catholic Church that will be led from Rome through the Pope Francis, he will lead the world into a one-world government, a one-world church, a new world order. He's going to build this church out of ungenerated people who don't know. This is what I'm saying. That don't know 
Jesus Christ. Don't know, but they confess, but they don't know him. They say they know him, but they don't live like him. They say they love him, but they don't love their brother. They say they, 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 they're all on fire for God, but they don't know Jesus Christ. If they don't know the love of God, you don't know Jesus Christ because God is love. And the Bible said if a man say he loved God and hate his brother, resent his brother, and just say, I like my brother, you don't know God because God don't like nobody. God loves people. God loves people. He loves the ugly. He loves the pretty. He loves the, the lazy. He loves all those that are outside of the office and begging. He's pleading to them, come unto me, come unto me. Come on, take my yoke upon thee and learn of me. For I'm meek and lowly, and I will give rest to your soul. This is the world church that's denying the power of God. They will lead into the tribulation period. What's going to happen during the tribulation period? Well, number one, the Antichrist is going to come. He's going to come, and he's going to give the Jews permission to rebuild the temple. He's going to give the Jews permission to sign a covenant of a seven-year pact with the Jewish people that he would promise to protect them for seven years. He wants the Jews to come back, and when he wants the Jews to rebuild the temple, he's going to use that temple to sit in as soon as you find out. Listen, keep a close eye on Jerusalem. Keep a close eye on the Jewish nation. Keep a, ooh, because the Jewish nation now is getting ready to prepare to rebuild and reconstruct the temple that was torn down in 70 A.D. And the Jews require, they require, they are definitely, they are, I mean, they, they got their mindset. They are going to build this temple because they got the habit to what? Try to restore Judaism. And Judaism is no longer in power. Judaism is eliminated at the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. Jesus Christ eliminated Judaism, and now we are not under the law. We are under grace and truth. For it is by faith that you are saved, not by works, because works can't save you. Works can't save you. Works can't save you. Religion can't save you. Your mama can't save you. Your daddy can't save you. Your money can't save you. Your good looks can't save you. Nothing can save you. Nothing can redeem you. Nothing can justify you. Nothing can sanctify you but the blood of Jesus Christ and his suffering on Calvary's cross and the Jews are sin when this Antichrist comes. And the Jews going to make a covenant with him. And this covenant will be a seven-year contract, a contract that will give the Jews a false security in believing that this man is actually Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ told the Jews back there in the time that he was on earth, he said, look, if I come in my father's name, y'all will not receive me. But if another come in his own name, you will receive him. And this Antichrist is alive today on the earth. He's coming back. When he comes back, he's coming in his own name. And the Jewish people will receive him. They will build his temple. They will start offering up sacrifices and offerings. They already got five red heifers. They're getting ready. The priesthood getting ready. They're getting the Ark of the Covenant. They're laying out on maps to find out where the temple is going to be built because they are going to build it. The Bible says they're going to build it. They've got to have it. And they're working on it right now. 
24-7. They're getting it under construction. And the Antichrist is in the background, and he cannot come forth and make this covenant until the body of Jesus Christ is raptured up in a moment of a twinkling of an eye. Millions of people, listen, millions of people around the world will be missing in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. You're out of here. If you haven't been born again, you will stay here. You will stay here because you don't know Jesus Christ. You don't know nothing about the Holy Spirit. You don't know nothing about the shed blood. You don't know nothing about a change of life. You have the same old life you've been living for years and years, and you want to say you converted, but yet still you're doing the same old thing you've been doing for years. But Jesus Christ said, therefore, if a man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, everything is new. This is the time in which the world is going to witness the greatest event that will strike the earth since the first coming of Jesus Christ. Oh, man, the first the first coming of Jesus Christ was unique. It was, it was precious that God himself came down to earth and walked on this earth. He was born by a virgin. Mary, he was wrapped in swallowed clothes. He stayed on this earth for 33 and one half years. His main goal was to do something that he had never done before, something that no man else could do, something that will last forever. Why? Because somebody, 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 somebody had to pay for sin. Somebody had to die. Somebody had to suffer. Somebody had to cry. Somebody had to feel what it feel like to be crucified. Somebody had to hang his head and drop his shoulders and call up the ghost. Somebody had to be laid in the grave. Somebody had to get up on Sunday morning. Somebody had to make an ascension to heaven, and somebody is coming back. And I don't know about you, but I don't know no somebody. But I know the man from Galilee. I know the man that took Calvary's cross. He's the only man that was able to lay down his life and pick it up again. He's the only man that could heal the sick and raise the dead. He's the only man that called out the demons out of the man that was full of devils. It was a man that the woman touched the hem of a garment, and she said, I'll be made old. It was that man. It was that man that said, I'm going to Mount Calvary. I'm going to Mount Calvary so that my children can become my sons and my daughters. I'm going to die so I can save them by my blood. Because the shedding of blood, without the shedding of blood, without the shedding of blood, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. If you have not the spirit of Christ living in you, walking in you, talking in you, and witnessing for, for the Lord Jesus Christ, you're none of his. Everybody that go to church is not saved. Everybody in the world that say they're saved is not necessarily saved. Because saving is something that an individual can only witness, and that's a change in life. If you have never had a change in life, and I don't mean changing under so, so many different kinds of ways that you can eliminate 
things that you're doing, bad habits. I'm talking about a change on the inside of you. If you don't know that you've been changed, if you don't know that you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, if you don't know that you have repented of your sin and you are turning from sin, nobody ain't making you turn from sin. But, man, when you turn from sin, you willingly turn from sin and believe upon Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, thou shalt be saved, S-A-B-E-D, saved from what? Sin. Sin no more. And what I mean by that, Christ. He's the only man that can save your soul. He can't save your body. Your body can't be saved. Your body still has sin. And the only thing that you can get the victory over sin is through the power and the blood of Jesus Christ. Come to your life and change your life where you can walk and talk, where you can be able to help people, where you love people, where you love God, where you're looking for his sudden coming. Because if you're a true saint of God, if you love God and and, 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 and doing the will of God and you know the word of God and you know how he works and you know what God's getting ready to do, Man, you should be happy when we talk about the rapture. You should be shouting up and down. You should be running up and down the street because I know the Lord is coming to get me. Not only me, but all those that believe him and trust in him and rely on him and hope in him woo, and, and worship him. We are the sons of God. Listen to what it says. And every man who has this hope in him purify himself. Every man who has this hope in him, the resurrection, you look in the resurrection, if you know there's a resurrection, if you felt the power of the resurrection, if you claim the resurrection, if you live the resurrection, good God Almighty, man, when you're resurrected, you come from the death to life, and now you become a son of God, you purify. You are already purified. You are sanctified. You are justified. You are edified. You are a son of God. You are righteous, not by your own righteousness, but by the righteousness of Jesus Christ, because Christ lives in you, and he walks with you, and he talks with you, and he tells you that he's on. If you don't have the Christ in you, then you are a child of the devil. If you don't have the spirit of Christ in you, you are a child of the devil. You believe the devil. You worship the devil. You 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 let the devil talk you out of your salvation. You let the devil tell you the world is the answer. You let the the, the devil tell you everything is the answer, but Jesus Christ. But let me tell you, when you become a new creature, you change. You change. You change. You change. And you can sing a song. I know I've been changed. I know I've been changed. The angels in heaven done signed my name. Listen to what it says. It says, purify himself, even as he is pure. When you come to know Jesus Christ, when you repent of your sins, and you are godly sorrow, you are broken down to the ground. You are broken up. You are very sorry that you have sinned against a holy God. And God is willing enough to say, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you. Let me come into your life. The only way God can live in your life is through Jesus Christ, and that's through his blood. His blood was shed on Calvary, paid the price in full. You don't have to worry about trying to work for it, cry for it, 
jump up and down for it, just believe, just accept. Lord, I'm a low-down sinner. I'm lost. I don't know Jesus Christ. I don't know how he feels. I don't know his power. I want to know him today. I want him to know him right now because the world is in a bad shape and there's no cure but Jesus Christ. I don't care how well you think you are. Amen. Things are going to get worse. Things are going to get so bad, it's going to be unbearable for men to live on this earth. It's almost that way now because there's killing, there's murder, there's rape, there's homosexuals, there's, there's polygamy, there is uh, there is a uh, 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 incest in the family, there's pornography, there's child prostitution. Oh my God, my God! There's wars, there's rumors of war, there's pestilence, there's diseases, there's earthquakes, there's famines. It's all over the world, and the world is hanging on nothing. The world is hanging on materialism, hanging on recreation, and entertainment. But let me tell you, the world needs to get a hold to the cross and say, thank you, Jesus, for the cross. For without the cross, there is no salvation. Without the cross, there is no resurrection. Without the cross, there is no heaven. Without the cross, there is no love. Without the cross, there is no justification. Without the cross, there is no sanctification. Without the cross, you ain't got nothing. You are naked spiritually. You have no hope. If you die without Christ, there is no hope. Don't let your hope slip past you. You can accept Christ tonight. You can accept Christ right now. Don't you think, or don't you give a second thought, just going to church is going to get you to heaven. It's not going to do it. It's not capable of doing it. You can't go that way. Many people are going that way, but you've got to go to Calvary. On the hill for a way stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering, of shame. Oh, I love that old cross where the deer is in bed. Laid down his life once and for all. Got up on the third day morning with all power in heaven and earth there. And guess what? He can save you, brother. He can save that wine old. He can save that drunkard. He can save that drug addict. He can save that suicidal person. He can save that liar, that prostitute. He can save if you want to be, if you want to be, if you want a new life, if you want a new hope, if you want a new, woo, my God, my God. If you want it, you got to want it. You got to want Jesus. You got to believe in Jesus. You got to hope in Jesus. You got to trust in Jesus. I've trusted in him woo, since I was nine years old. I trusted in Jesus. Oh, I, I was perfect. I did some things that I, I, I could, but I still trusted in the Lord. I still trusted in the Lord. I didn't let the devil tell me that the Lord don't love me because he loved me. He loves you. He loves you too. But the world don't want to believe that. They want to make excuses. And here we are in the book of Epistle uh, uh, John, and it says here, it says here, the resurrection, the advantage of what Christ did for us at the cross, which is the only way that one can be pure. Christ places, places Christ as our example. Fourth verse says, whosoever commits sin transgresses also the law. The sin refers to the believers 
placing their faith in that other than the cross, which constitutes rebellion against God, prescribes order, and is labeled as sin. Anytime, amen, a born-again believer can sin. A born-again believer can sin by what? Not loving the Lord with all their mind, all their soul, and all thy strength. And love thy neighbor. you breaking the law right there. you sin. So you got to grow into it. You can love the Lord more than anything. Of grow, grow, you grow, you grow, you grow, you grow, you grow out of that old uh, carnality. You grow out of that old disbelief. And you begin to become a baptized believer and one that's on fire for God, one that loves God. And I guarantee you, if you say you love God, you are going to love your fellow man and treat him, woo, treat him like not like he's your brother. He is your brother if he's in Christ. And all those that are not in Christ, love them. Love the sinner, but don't love the sin. For sin is transgression of the law. You break one of the Ten Commandments, you sin. There's ten of them. There's 613 laws, but the Ten Commandments is the law, amen, to let man know that he is a sinner, that he's a a, 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 a sinner because he breaks the law. Every one of us, every person on this earth done broke God's law. Done broke it. I broke it. Your mama broke it. Your daddy broke it. Your friends broke it. Done broke the law that was given to Moses. And the law was cruel. The law was tough. The law was demanding. The law, if you break the law in the Old Testament, death would come. But when Jesus Christ come, he said, I didn't come to destroy the law, but I come to fulfill the law. In other words, I going to fulfill the law through my death. I'm going to die for you that men can live like I live, that his soul can be sinless like my soul, like my spirit. I'm going to fix it until man can be saved forever, forever. Ever, never to perish. Why? Because the love of God is constraining you and in you, and it won't leave you. It won't run off. It won't jump off a building. The love of God is with you forever. Make no difference how you have, have done wrong. God said, I got something for you. He said, now, if you do wrong and you know you've done wrong, i got a chastisement system. I will whip you. I will chastise you. Because I love you, and since I love you, I'm going to correct you by chastising you. That's what God does to his people. That's what God does to his child. But if you're not a, a, a saved person, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you're doing anything you want to do. You And God won't bother you. Why? Because God is not your father. The only way he can be your father is through the new birth. When you get the new birth, amen, you become a child of God. The child of God needs to be chastised. Woo, yes, indeed. And God knows how to chastise you. If you don't believe me, ask David. If you don't believe me, ask Samson. If you don't believe me, ask Moses. Oh, look at here. God knows how to chastise his ones that have been called out of darkness into the marvelous light. A lot of people say, since I'm saved, I can do anything I want to. No, you can't. No, you can't. No, you can't. If you do anything what you want to do, most likely you ain't saved. But you can't do anything you want to, and it depends on how much you grow. If you grow to maturity, amen, you can't be going back out there in that same old mess. You you can't do it. 
God will not let you do it. He said, I got you in the palm of my hand. No man can pluck you out of my hand. No, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. That's a born-again believer. I don't have to worry about dying. Amen. Because I know Jesus Christ, who then died on the cross for my past sins, my present sin, and my future sin, and my soul will be caught up into glory with an angel coming to get my soul. Yes, sir. Death don't frighten me. Death is of the devil. Death is sin. Death is, 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 is living apart from God. Death is fear. And there's no fear in God. The only thing you got to do is fear God and keep his commandments. That's the whole duty of man. And what's wrong with the world today? Don't fear God no more. They think he's a playboy. They think he's walking around in heaven blind and crippled and crazy. They think he's dead. Some think he don't exist. Oh, you can think all that you want. You can carry on all you want and what you feel. But let me tell you, God is real. God is real. And he said, I'm coming back after a baptized, born-again believer church with the Holy Ghost. With the Holy Ghost. I'm going to... That Holy Ghost that you have in you, I'm going to call it out of your body, and I'm going to transform your body from a mortal body to an immortality body. And when you get that immortality body, you have a body just like Christ. And then I can look upon his face, saying, I can look upon his face. I'll be able to look at it because I'll be a sinless individual. The only time that I'm going to be sinless, absolutely sinless, is when I get my new body because I'll be just like Christ. And I'm going on into glory. And there I will reign with Christ. I will live with Christ. I will see Christ. I will handle him. I will put my arms around him. I will see him just like he is without being under condemnation. Woo! You talking about a beautiful, a beautiful sight. This is what it says. And he know that he was manifested to take away our sin. He did it so at the cross. The Christian cannot practice what Christ came to take away. This present, the fact that he was able to be perfect, be the perfect sacrifice to take away the sins of the world, which completely destroyed, listen, destroyed the enormous doctrine that Jesus Christ died spiritually as some claim. Jesus Christ didn't die spiritually. He died physically. He died physically. You can't kill God. You can't kill God. God is forever. You can't kill the spirit. But Christ, God became flesh, and so he was able to die physically. And by him dying physically, he paid the penalty for sin because they scarred him. They beat, oh, Lord, they beat him. They beat him. They spat upon him. They kicked him. They mutilated him. They cut him. They cut his body so bad that the prophet Isaiah said it was embarrassed to look upon his face. They marred him. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They whipped him in the front and in the back. They had him almost in a nudie dress on the cross. They had a little scarf around him. And they let him hang. They let him hang. They let him hang from 9 o'clock in the morning to 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And when they hung him, hell had a convulsion. Hell began to shake. The demons in hell were shaking. The nails 
that they go through his hand, penetrated the gates of hell. And he, Jesus Christ went down into hell, preached to those in prison in hell. He went to Tartus. He went to the place where the bottomless pit and preached to those in prison, saying, I got the victory. I got the victory. Victory is in Jesus. I come to let you know the sinner man can be saved. I come to let you know that I'm going back on top side of earth in three days. I'm going to be down in three nights. I'm going to be down here, but I'm going coming up on the third day morning and showing you what's going. He got up. Oh, yes, he did. He got up on the third day morning and ascended on into heaven. After he was on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, he went on to heaven and said, Now, disciples, go back down to Jerusalem. Go back down to Jerusalem. Go back down to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father, for he shall send you power on high, which is the Holy Ghost. And after the Holy Ghost have come, I want you to be a witness. I want you to be a witness for me. I want you to go out and tell the world. I want you to be an example for me. I want you to show the love of God. I want you to show the power of God. Through you, I can work my wonderful works through you. And if you let me work your wonderful works through you, guess what? I can use you. Ooh, I will set you up. I will make you become fishes of men. I will let you become the greatest converter, amen, the world has ever known. And let the world know there's hope for tomorrow through Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you, this is Watchman on the Wall. I'm in the book of what? I'm in the book of John. Whosoever abides in him, sin not. That means he does not practice sin. You hear what I said? He does not practice sin. Whosoever abides in who? Jesus Christ does not practice sin. I don't practice prostitution. I don't practice I don't practice homosexual. I don't practice that. I hate that. I resent that. I defy that. Why? Because the love of God through his Holy Spirit in me shed blood lives in me, and I hate it. I don't practice sin. And if I try to practice sin, guess what? God convicts me, and God will tell, I tell what God will do. He'll whoop my behind. Come on, y'all. He'll chastise me. And many of Christians have been chastised by God's grace. They wouldn't do right after they got saved. They kept on doing what they've been doing. They got saved, but they never stopped, and God chastised them. Some of them chastised into death. Some people have died after they got saved by being disobedient. Oh, God loves you. He don't, he, he'll, he'll take you off of this planet before he, you shame his name and embarrass him and defy him. He loves you that much because he so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. And when he gave his only begotten son, God gave everything he had. He couldn't give nothing else. He couldn't dream up nothing else. He had no other idea to, to redeem man but through himself, Jesus Christ. Now, if he had to do that and there's no other way, it took a high price. It took his life. Because he cannot die no more. He cannot come back down here and suffer on the cross and be beaten to save you again. 
He saved you once and for all. He redeemed you by his everlasting, eternal blood. His blood will never lose its power. It's got power from on high. It's got power from the deep. It's got power from the east. It's got power from the west. It's all power to save little old me. Little old me. Little old me. Fragile. And I couldn't live without him. And yet so many people doubt it. So I don't practice sin. I don't practice going to dance hall, gathering the women up and rubbing all of them. I don't practice that. I hate that because I know God is not pleased with that. I can't show Jesus Christ in my life doing that. I can't be going out drunk and taking drugs and cussing and lying and cheating and say I'm a Christian. God will not allow that. Either two things. You're a Christian and you're going to suffer on the chastisement or you're not a Christian and you're going to die without Jesus Christ, without him being in your life, confessing that you know him and don't know him, die and go to hell because hell is for sinners, basically for the devil and his angels. And if you follow the devil, then you're a sinner. The only one that wants you is the devil. He wants you to go to hell. Jesus Christ wants you to go to heaven. Which one do you want? You go to heaven not by works. You don't go to heaven by your looks. You don't go to heaven by your prestige. You don't go to heaven by your education. You don't go to heaven by the color of your skin. You go to heaven by the grace of God through his shed blood on Calvary's cross by bowing your sin, bending knee, and confess and cry out to the mercy of God that he saved your soul from sin, death, hell, and the grave. Whosoever abided in him, sin not. Whosoever sin has not seen him, neither known him. Now, here's the person that just sinned. He just sinned. He's just a cussing. He's just a lying. He's just a backbiter. He's out on the street. He's on drugs. He's doing parties. He's going to gambling. He's going to strip joints. He's going, oh, yeah. And then he comes to church. That don't mean no difference. That's what? He's practicing sin. He has no conviction. He's practicing sin. He has no repentance. He's practicing sin. He's a sinner. He's a sinner. He don't respect God's holiness. He don't respect God's love. And he said, I'll die. I don't care. I'm going to hell because my friends will be there. Well, well, you don't know what you're saying. Because let me tell you, if you go to hell, guess what? If you go to hell, you're going to wish. You're going to wish that you never were born. You're going to wish that you never was thought of. You're going to wish that I wish, I wish, I wish I would have got saved. I wish. I wish I would have came to Christ. I wish I would have repented and asked Jesus Christ to come into my life and change me. Change my soul. Change my mind. Change my walk. Change my talk. Change me. You're going to wish that. You're going to wish it to eternity. As small as you are, as small as you are, you're going to miss the big disappointment in your life if you wake up in hell and find out that you were faking, you was a liar, you was a hypocrite, you was a pretender. You are going to be sorry on top of sorry and sorry forever because hell is hot, and brothers and sisters, it is a hell 
There is a hell in the heart of the earth. There's a hell that shows you more. And Jesus Christ spoke more about hell than he did about heaven. And he warned the Pharisees and the Sadducees, woe, you Pharisees inside you, you hypocrites, you liars, you proselytes, woe unto you. For you have set up the kingdom of God and don't want nobody else to go in, and you hinder yourself. He said, woe unto you that hunt. Be good for people. Woe unto you that clean the vessel on the outside and looking good and sweet and smelling good, but inside of you, you're like dead men's bones in a graveyard. There's so many people in the house of God, so many church folk is going to miss heaven. Not because they didn't go to church, but because they rejected the one and only, the only true way that you can enter into the glory of God. Whoever abided him, sin not. Whosoever sin has not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that does righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He who commits sin is of the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. This purpose, the Son of God, was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. God can destroy the works of the devil. Everything that's of the devil, God can destroy. He can take that mess out of you. He can take everything out of you and give you eternal life and destroy sin in your soul and in your spirit that you become righteous as he is righteous because you have trusted in his sacrificial death. And he died, Sister Banana, Sister Apple, Brother Peach. He died. And he paid the wrath of God upon himself. Jesus took the wrath of God for our sins upon himself. And when you come to know Jesus Christ, the wrath of God is removed from you. You're no longer under the wrath of God because the wrath of God can only come by not what you do because not what you say. The wrath of God is coming on you because you believe not. You believe not upon the Son of God. When you reject Jesus Christ as your Savior, your Redeemer, your, 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 your Sanctifier, and you rejected the wrath of God will come up on you and he will have to he would have to cast you into Adam darkness because no sin, no sin, no, no, no sin will ever enter the kingdom of God. No sin will ever enter the kingdom of God. Heaven will be sinless. Heaven will be perfect. Heaven would be righteous. Heaven would be filled with love, 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 love. You talking about God's love, God's love, God's love, God's love, love. Heaven will be spotless. Oh, my God, my God. Listen to what I'm saying. God, people say, well, I want to go to heaven. But listen to me. If you want to go to heaven, you're going to have to be what? Saved, S-A-D-E-D. And then the Bible tells me exactly what heaven's going to be like. He, in the book of Revelation, the 
first and the twenty-second chapter of Revelation. I'm going to read a little bit of that and let you know, amen, that you're going to miss this if you don't get saved, if you don't come to Christ and get your life together. The main thing I want, I want to convince you, just get saved and let God take care of the rest. And he will take it. Just repent of your low-down, dirty stuff and call on it. Just get, you're just tired of it. In the 21st, the 21st chapter of Revelation, coming to the close of the millennium reign, the 21st chapter, because the 20th chapter tells you about the millennium reign, after the millennium reign and the great judgment of the great white throne, John the Revelator reveals to us what's going to happen after the great white throne. And this is what John saw. This is what John visualized. This is what John witnessed. He said, and I saw a new heaven, and I saw a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down, coming down from God out of heaven. So heaven is coming down out of heaven. New Jerusalem is coming down out of heaven. And John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And then I saw, I saw a holy city, New Jerusalem, come down from God out of heaven. So what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that the new heaven is going to be the base foundation of New Jerusalem, and actually New Jerusalem is going to come down out of heaven. So heaven is going to be here on earth. This earth is going to be renovated. This earth is going to catch on fire. This earth is going to burn and be what? Purified by the fire of God. The fire of God is going to purify this earth and make it and burn it and renew it, and it is going to get rid of all sin. No sin nowhere. New Jerusalem is going to come down out of heaven and set on the earth or be suspended in the heavenly, and we are going to live on the earth, and we are going to have access to the new Jerusalem. I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven. Behold, the tabernacle of God is with me, and he will dwell with him, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Look at here, look at here. And he said, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be what? No more death. That means no more sin, no more separation, neither sorrow, no more crime, neither there shall be any more pain, no pain, 
for the former things. Look up here, look up. Former things are what? Pass away. Gone. Gone to oblivion. Gone to where it will never return. Gone to a place where the wicked shall cease from trouble and the weary shall be at rest. Gone from the presence of God Almighty forever. God will never have to deal with sin anymore after the new heaven and new earth takes its place in the universe. The universe is a large, large place. It's beyond eternity. It's beyond my mind can comprehend. It's a place where they tell me it will be always howdy, howdy, and never goodbye. It shall pass away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Right, for these things are true and faithful. God cannot lie. God can tell the story. God can't. Thank God, no story. God is faithful and God is true. And the Bible is true. Everything that God said is true because he is true. And he says right here, I'm going to do this. I'm going to wipe away all tears. I'm going to let death be flee. I'm going to be in a perfect realm with a perfect people, with a righteous people, with a holy people. And he says, and he said to him, write these things, for they are true and faithful. And he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning and I am the end. I will give unto him who is a thirst of the fountain of the waters of life free. You talking about a glass of water? You talking about a holy water? You talking about spiritual water? Ooh, you talking about water? They don't have to worry about refining it. It is God's creation. It would be an age. This statement doesn't pertain to coming perfect age, for all of them will have the water of life, but rather to present. The fountain of the water of life is tied directly to the cross of Calvary, and that it is free to all who believe. The water that I'm talking about is a water of eternal life. You got it there. You're going to have it forever. He who overcomes shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Yeah. But the fearful, the fearful, the scared of cats, the cowards, the cowards who, who are scared to receive Christ, the cowards who backed up off of Christ, the cowards who... Didn't want to testify about Christ. They didn't want to confess Christ. He said, "The fearful and the unbelieving, all those that did not believe." This is what the Bible says: those that did believe and the abominable, the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and the idolaters and all liars, all liars. Lord, have mercy. All the drug addicts, those that did not repent, all the idolaters who did not repent, all the liars that did not repent, all the whoremongers that did not repent, all the fearful and the scaredy cats that fear Satan more than they fear God shall have their part 
in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. The second death is to be apart from God. The second death is to be cast away into Gehenna, the lake of fire. I would like to ask to you and those that are there, what in hell is it that you want? What in hell did you want? Why do you want to go to hell? What's there in hell? Tell me what's in hell. Well, there's fire in hell. There's torment in hell. There are demons in hell. There's, there's satires in hell. There are wicked spirits in hell. There are nephilims in hell. There are wicked, malignant spirits in hell that will torment you, that will aggravate you forever in pain because sin is devastating to God. God hates sin. And he made a preparation for you to escape the damnation of hell by suffering and dying and bleeding and hurting and crying out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He took the whole world, sin and degradation, and nailed it to the cross and took it down from the cross and laid him in the grave and went to hell and preached to those in prison and set the captives free and brought them up on top side and said, now all power in heaven and earth and in hand. And that's he done for you. Because he done that for you, that means that he didn't want you to be destroyed and go to hell with Satan. And you don't know. You don't know. You just don't know how much hatred God has for the devil and how much hatred the devil has for God. They hate each other. But Satan hated God first because he couldn't get his way, and he still can't get his way. The only ones he's getting is the ones that reject Jesus Christ. That's the only one Satan gets because those that accept Jesus Christ, he can't touch them. He can't touch them. I don't care what demons try to come up out of here and say, well, you ain't got it. No, I know I got it. I know I got it. And I didn't get it from no cornflake box. I didn't get it just walking down the road trying to find something to please me. I found it at the cross. Jesus keeps me near the cross. Huh? There's a fountain filled with blood that flows from Emmanuel's veins. If the sinner fall beneath the flow, he'll boom, lose all his guilt to sin. Heaven! Is a place where sin will be obliterated. It will be no more racial strife. Won't be no more marching. Won't be no more presidents. No more kings. The only king will be there is King Jesus. Lord, have mercy. There won't be no more racial strife. There won't be no more uh, 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 killing and murdering. There won't be no more whorehouses. There won't be no more beer jars. There won't be no more gambling dens. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. It will be a peaceful place. There won't be no more wars. There won't be no more anything that has to do with evil because evil will be wiped off the face of the earth. And God will reign. He will reign forever and ever and ever and ever. He will reign. Yes, well, and we'll be with him forever. And the devil will be what? In hell. And he will be gnashing and gashing with peace. John said, that ain't all I saw. John said, I saw something else. Listen to this. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had his seven vows, wood of the last place, and talked with me, saying, 
I'll show you the bride, the lamb's wife. By use of the word lamb, we are taken back to the cross, which has made all this possible. And he carried me away in the spirit to the great and high mountain and showed me that great city, not Chicago, not New York City, nor Atlanta, Georgia. No, none of these earthly cities. No, 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 no. It, it said, and, and he said, I showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. John John saw it descending, meaning that it's coming from down to earth. This we be after the Lord has made the new heaven and the new earth. In fact, when God changes his headquarters from heaven to earth, God has come to earth. He's going to live on this earth with us forever. Woo! After he renews it and get rid of all this sin, all this stuff that's going on today. Having the glory of God and her life was likened to a stone of precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. And it had great high walls and 12 gates, and at the gate 12 angels, and the names written thereon, which are the names of the 12 tribe of Israel. Here's where Israel come in. Israel will be the head of all nations throughout eternity. Israel. Written thereupon are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. And on the east gate, three gates. North, three gates. South, three gates. West, three gates. And it had all the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. We'll probably have the names Joseph, Benjamin, and Dan. We'll probably have the names Reuben, Judith, and Levi. We'll probably have the names of Simeon, Issachar, and Zebulun. We'll have the names of Gad, Asher, and Nephilim. And the walls of the city were 12 foundations, and in them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And he who talked with me had a golden reed measured the city and the gate thereof and the wall thereof. And the city lies four square and the length is as large as the breadth and the measure of the city the reed, the 12,000 furlongs and the length of the breadth and the height of it are equal. And the measure of the walls there are 144 cubits according to the measure of a man, that is, of an angel. And the building of the wall of it was jasper, and the city was pure gold. Look at this. The whole city. The whole city. You talk about gold that we have today. This gold that we have down here is cheap. But here we see a whole city. A whole city. Made out of pure gold light into crystal glass. And the foundation of the wall for trend was city were guarded with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, 
the second sapphire, third Chalcedonia, the fourth emerald, the fifth sardox, the sixth sardis, the seventh crystallite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysopolis, the eleventh jacqueline, the twelfth amulet, and the twelve gates were twelve pearls, and the seven gates was of one pearl, and the streets of the city pure gold, as it was transparent glass. And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God, God Himself, the mighty note, God Himself, the Almighty, and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need for the sun, neither the moon to shine. For the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb, the Lamb of God, is a light thereof. And the nations, all nations, which were saved. Uh-oh, look over here, look over here. Saved, that's A-B-E-D. It didn't say church member. It didn't say Baptist, Presbyterian. It didn't say Catholic. It didn't say Seventh-day Adventist. It didn't say nothing. It says those that are saved. Saved how? Saved by the blood of Christ. Saved by his crucifixion. Don't you know who you killed? You killed Jesus, but you didn't kill God. You, you slayed his only son, God himself. But you didn't kill him spiritually. You killed him physically. And by that physical death, he paid the penalty for sin. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut all by day. There shall be no more night there. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nation into it. And there shall in no wise enter into any thing that defileth, neither whatsoever is abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written. Woo! Listen here. Listen here. Bible, B-I-B-L-E, the word of God. But they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. The only ones going to enter the city is those that name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Is your name in there? Is your name in there? I know my name in there. I know my name in there. I'm not boasting. I'm not sticking my chest out. I'm not walking around with my head all up in the air. I come before the humbleness of God and the mercy of God and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul because I wanted to be saved. I want to live for Christ. I want to do the work that he has called me to do, and that is preach the gospel until he comes. I'm going to preach until he comes. I'm going to preach until the trumpet blow. I'm going to preach until I can't preach no more. I'm going to tell somebody that I know somebody who can save anybody if you want to come to him. You can come to him right now. This is the book of Revelation, 21st verse. 21st verse says, refers to the book of the redeemed. The word lamb referred to the fact that all are saved by placing their faith and trust in Christ and what he did for us. Listen, what he did for us. 
on what? On Calvary's mountain in Jerusalem. Golgotha's hill, the hill of the skull. Jesus Christ met death face to face. Sin, sin, sin. Sin looked him in the face and said, I got you now. I got you, buddy. And I tell you, I, I'm, I'm going to keep you in the grave. I'm going to shut the door. Oh, yeah, the devil thought he was bad because when Moses died, he didn't get up. When Joshua died, when Isaiah died, when all the prophets died, the minor prophets, when Ruth died, they didn't get up. And and and, 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 and Satan said, I got him. I got him in paradise. And, 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 and he knew at judgment time, if, if, if you don't do something, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take them all to hell. Oh, yes, they believed that God in the Old Testament, they had not, but they had not been redeemed by the blood. They had to be redeemed by the blood. They had to, they had to be saved by the grace of God. And Satan said, I got them. I got them all. I got Ezekiel. Yeah, I got, I got, I got them all. I got Abraham. I got Isaac. I got Noah. Yeah, I got Abel. I got I got all these boys down there, and I'm gonna hold them. I'm gonna hold them till the final judgment. When the final judgment day comes, if you don't have some kind of remedy, I'm gonna keep them all, and I'm gonna destroy the whole creation. Nobody, nobody will be able to enter your glory. But God said, I got somebody that came down through forty-two generations. I got somebody that's the God of gods and the Lord of lords. I got somebody that's called the Great I Am, and I got somebody that's called Alpha and Omega. I got somebody that's called the Rose of Sharon and Lily of the Valley. I got him. Yes, I do, and I'm gonna come. And when I come, I'm coming with power. I'm coming with love. I'm coming with mercy. I'm coming with joy. I'm coming with a changed life. I'm going to do something that I've never done in the time of eternity. Eternity has never seen anything like this. Because let me tell you, when I come, I'm going to be born in a manger, wrapped in swallowed clothes, and I'm going to suffer. Yes, I am. I'm going to suffer, and I'm going to be led to the slaughter like a dumb lamb. I'm going to be crucified. That's all right. Because Jesus said, I got power to lay down my life, and I got power to pick it up again, and I receive of my Father. And let me tell you, he came, he rolled on down, us he did. He came on down um, by Jupiter and Pluto and Neptune. He came on down through the quasars, and he came on down by the black hole. He came, yes, he did. He came until somebody said, there's a child born in Bethlehem of Judea. And when he was born in Bethlehem of Judea, he didn't come to save himself. He didn't come just to do miracles and walk on the water. He didn't come just to have a feed 5,000. He just didn't come to turn the water to wine. He just didn't come to show that he was God. He came, yeah, because he knew. Their sacrifice had to be done, and he was the only one that could bring salvation to the world. And the world is saying, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't need it. And I, I'm doing all right. 
Some people say, oh, I'm Presbyterian, and I'm Baptist, I'm Catholic, and I'm a religious person. But I don't care how much religion you got. Mm, religion, you can't make it. Mm, doing good, can't make it. Yeah, color of your skin, can't do it. Your education, can't do it. Your richness, can't do it. All that you have uh, to try to meet God's requirements, you don't have it. It took Jesus. It took Jesus. It took Jesus, it took Jesus Christ to come down here and die for a handful of people. Because the Bible says the inhabitants of the earth is like a bunch of grasshoppers. And he said he can take every nation and put it in a a bucket and walk across the universe. All nations is that but a drop in a bucket. So man ain't that big. Man is a small speck in a large, omnipotent, omnipresent universe. And God was willing enough to give up his only son to come down here and save Obazar. And if Obazar can be saved, you can be saved too. But you got to want to be. You got to want to go and be with Jesus. All that you have heard comes from the word of God. There's only one salvation, one hope, one church, one heaven, one hell, one God, one Father, one Son, and one Holy Ghost. All three are one in the Godhead. He is coming back in power. In great glory. Before he comes back, he will bring a seven year, this a seven year tribulation is here. Is here. We see a prelude of what the tribulation will be like already. The only thing it is, the Antichrist has not been revealed to humanity. The only time it will reveal from, with, uh, uh, to humanity is after the body of the glorious church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ takes flight. And we're getting ready to get out of here. We're getting ready to get out of here. There's too, many, there's too much baby killing. There's too much rioting. There's too much racial strife. There's too much police and pedestrian uh, brutality. There's too much homosexuals in here. There's too much lesbianism in here. It's getting bad. It's bad, brother. It's nasty out there. It's cruel out there. People are going crazy. Suicide is up. Adultery is up. Fornication is up. Incest is up. Everything that's rotten, that's not like God, is in a mess. The only thing that's straight is the blood of Jesus Christ. And the only thing that gets you straight is the blood of Jesus Christ. You better come on. You better come on with me. You better come on make up your mind. This might not sound too good, are too lovely, but I tell you, the best thing that you can do is give your life to Christ. That's the best thing you can do. You can go ahead and figure out you can make it to heaven without Christ. You're lying to yourself. You're lying to God. You're lying to your mama. You're lying to your daddy. You're lying to everything to walk the face of the earth if you think you can go to heaven on your own merits. You will never make it. You won't even get to see 
nothing that has to deal with righteousness. You will be cast out into out of darkness into the lake of fire that will burn forever. The Antichrist will come. The Jews will rebuild the temple. They will sign a seven-year pact with the Antichrist. God says, now I have removed the church. I have removed my body. Now I'm going to give the world what the Jews are supposed to do, and that is preach the last seven years the gospel of the kingdom of God. And the gospel of the kingdom of God is when God Almighty in the seventh chapter of Revelation comes out and stands four angels on the four corners of the earth and seal the seven seals and, and seal the 144,000 up on their head, and he's going to seal 12 tribes. 12 tribes will walk the face of this earth. 144,000 Jews will walk on the face of this earth and give the last message in the first part of the tribulation period, which is called the 1,260 days that the Jews will preach the gospel. And the 12 tribes that will preach the gospel will be, will be, as John said in the seventh chapter of Revelation, and I heard the number of them which were sealed. This will be in our day. This is soon to come. And there they shall seal 144,000, all the tribe of Israel. 12,000 from each tribe are the first fruits of Israel, which are included in the first resurrection, with all of Israel coming to Christ at the second coming. These tribes, there will be 12,000 from the tribe of Judah, 12,000 from Reuben, 12,000 from Gad, 12,000 from Asher, 12,000 from Nephilim, 12,000 from the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000 from the tribe of Simeon, 12,000 from the tribe of Levi, 12,000 from the tribe of Issachar, 12,000 from the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000 from the tribe of Joseph were sealed. 12,000 of the tribe of Benjamin were sealed. 12,000, the tribe of Dan is omitted and no reason is given. Twelve tribes will be sealed and they will preach the gospel, not motivation speeches, not no money speeches, not no celebration speeches. They will preach the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of grace will be over at the rapture of the church because God is going to mix mercy and grace. He's going to mix mercy and wrath mixed in with the tribulation period. These 144,000 preachers, male, young men, will preach for 1,260 days, which equals 42 months, which equals three and one-half years, which equals time and time and dividing time. This will happen after rapture. After God removes the body, then Israel will join back into the relationship with Jesus Christ and preach to the Gentile world and preach to the Jews that are left here 
during the time of the tribulation. They were preached so powerful that it would literally turn the world upside down. Because they're going to hear the Jews will be what? Reunited with Jesus Christ and acknowledge that Christ is the Messiah. And they will hammer out the first three and one half years until there will be a great astronomical, unique revival worldwide. Worldwide means from China all the way from China to Afghanistan, Japan, we got Pakistan, we got India, we got Israel, we got Russia, we got the European nations, we got United States, we got South America, we got Australia, we got Hawaii, all the islands, all, 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 all communication will be connected up with the Internet and the people will see it on their phone, they will see it on Instagram, they will see it on TikTok, they'll see it on every little Instagram station that you got, and the world will say, yo, this is awesome. This is awesome. The Jews are preaching that Jesus Christ is coming back to set up the millennial kingdom. And the church age should be preaching Jesus Christ is coming back to do what? Coming back to judge the world. And the church is not doing it. The preachers are not doing it. The deacons are not doing it. Nobody's hardly doing anything about the return of Jesus Christ. Not only that, they're not getting saved because they think it ain't going to happen. But my friends, as I George evil God tell you right now, this is going to happen. It's going to happen because God said it's going to happen. He said, "I let me talk to you." God said, "I owe the Jews four hundred and ninety years." to deal with them. I dealt with them in Egypt. I dealt with them in the Babylonian Empire. I put them in captivity for 70 years. I brought them back to Jerusalem, but I told them it would take me 490 years to bring them back into repentance. It's going to take 490 years. And God dealt with them for 483 years, from the time they left Babylon until the time that Jesus Christ, listen, Jesus Christ rode through Jerusalem on the coat of an ass, and he said, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed he that came in the name of the Lord. He said, I dealt with the Jews 483 years exactly. And when they crucified me, I cut them off. And when I cut them off, I started the church with 120 Jews, but 13 years later, I cut them off. And when I cut them off, I was getting ready to grab the Gentiles in. And when I grabbed the Gentiles in, Jesus told the Jewish people, I'll have some that's not of this fold, them I also must bring. And he said, these are the Gentile nations. And from the birth of the church until now, the church is composed of mostly Gentiles, and the Gentiles is not fulfilling what God called them to do. He called them out of what? Try to call them out of paganism, but they wouldn't come out. He called the Jews 
out of out of Egypt to call the world to let them know that they are the ones that's going to appreciate the gospel and they are going to do it in the end time. After the 144,000 get through preaching in the middle of the tribulation, after the, what, 144,000 get through preaching in the middle of the tribulation, they will be caught up into the heavens. After this, John looked and he said, something is unique. Something is going on. He saw a number. He saw a number after the three and one half years. He said, I see a number that no man could number. Who are these and where did they come from? Who are they? These ain't, these, this is not the church. This is not, this is not the, uh, uh, the resurrected ones that died before Moses, who are they? Where did they come from? And he said, don't you know who they come from and whence they came? He said, no. Who are they? He said, these are they. These are they that had the gospel through the Jewish people after the rapture of the church, and many people after the rapture of the church got converted from around the world, from the United States, to China, all around the world, people received Christ during 144,000 that was preaching for three and one half years. That means January, another January, and another January, and another January, and six months. That's three and one half years. And many people will be converted until they get to the middle of the tribulation. And that's when the Antichrist rebels against the Jewish people and breaks the covenant. That's where the temple, since it's getting ready to be rebuilt, the Antichrist would desecrate the temple because the Bible calls it the abomination of desolation, spoken by Daniel the prophet. And guess what? He took that, amen, and set himself in the temple. He removed the ark of the covenant, and he detested that he is God Almighty because there's one great miracle that's going to be done during the middle of the tribulation period, and that is the Antichrist. Whoa, look over here, look over here. Look over here, look over here. The Antichrist is going to be assassinated with a bullet head and a wound to the head, and he's going to lay dead in what? He's going to lay dead in the morgue, and at the end of the three and one half days, he's going to be resurrected from the grave, and he's going to get up and stand up on his feet, because at the same time that's going to happen, the 12th chapter of Revelation says that the devil and all his angels and cohorts will be cast to the earth. So let me tell you something. In the 12th chapter of Revelation, there is going to be an invasion of demonic demons and devils and fallen angels invade the earth and take control of men's mind, soul, and body because the world is saying, we don't want God. We want the Antichrist because he resurrected from the dead and we saw it. But that Antichrist will be the plot and the ingenuity that the devil has to deceive the world. And the Bible says at that middle of the tribulation, the devil going to sit in the temple and set up an idol, which is called 
the image of the beast and the image of the beast would be spoken when the false prophet, which is the Pope Francis, he will speak to the beast and tell the beast to talk, and the beast is going to talk and tell the world, receive the number and the name in your right hand. And whoever will not receive the number in the right hand or in their forehead will be beheaded by the guillotine because the guillotine is on its way back. It came back from what? It came back from the Middle East and the Muslims believed in the guillotine. Head shopping time. And the Christians and the Jewish people will be slaughtered, slaughtered. Bloodshed will be in every continent. They will be killing Christians, and they will be killing the Jewish people to try to annihilate the population of the Christian era. And the Bible says all the world will wonder after the beast, meaning that majority of the population of the world will receive the mark of the beast, and their soul will be down into hell. And God Almighty is going to reduce the population of the earth because of man's sin. And there will be people who go through the whole tribulation, and they will be found at the judgment of the nations, which will happen after the tribulation period is over. They will be judged. There will be goats on the left-hand side, and there will be sheep on the right-hand side. And God will judge the nation, and he will say to the those on the left side, the left side will say to Christ, we are prophets. We prophesy in your name. We heal in your name. We cast out devils in your name. We did the work of the church in your name. We did everything in your name. But Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, will say to them, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. You're a bunch of liars. You're a bunch of hypocrites. You're a bunch of, of, of self-religious fanatics. And you figured that religion was going to get you in by using my name, but you don't know me. Depart from me, workers of iniquity. He looks on the right-hand side and said, come in, because the goats are on the left and the sheep is on the right. He says to the sheep, come into my father's house, which he has prepared for you. And those on the right-hand side will enter into the millennium reign. And those that rejected Christ, and had a form of God with no power, will be cast into the lake of fire. They won't walk to hell. They won't ride to hell. They're going to be picked up by angels and be cast into the lake of fire. They're going to throw them in there because there ain't nobody on the planet of this earth is bold enough to walk into a volcano. If they is, they're crazy. And nobody at the judgment seat is going to say, I'm ready to go to hell. Let's go, boys. My friend, my buddy's down there. Come on. We're going to have a party. Ain't nobody going to be talking that yang. The angels are going to shove them into the lake of fire where they will burn forever with brimstone because of one reason. They rejected the sacrificial death. 
of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. And there'll be wedding and gnashing of teeth. And after that, the millennium reign will start, and we will rule and reign with Christ a thousand years. And the age uh, uh, longevity will be brought back. Men will live 300, 400, 500, 600, 700, 800, 900 years, and they will rule and reign with Christ. And at the end of the millennium reign, the devil is going to be set loose one more time. One more time. And he's going to get those that did not receive Christ during the millennium reign, and they are going to rebel against God Almighty, and they will be destroyed with fire and brimstone, which is called Gog and Magog, godless nations. And those that live godly in the millennium will enter into heaven, and those that live ungodly and took side to the devil will be cast into the lake of fire, and then God is going to cause the earth to move in, move away. And he's going to raise the wicked dead. I'm getting ready to close. He's going to raise the wicked dead. And when he raised the wicked dead, they're going to be standing at the great white throne. Every wicked person that ever lived, all unbelievers that ever lived, will stand before the great white throne and they will open books and another book, the book of life and the Lamb book of life. And if your name is not found in the book of life, you will be cast in the lake of fire. And the Lamb Book of Life, your name will be fall will, will be open, and those will be able to enter the kingdom. And hell will be cast out into oblivion, away from the presence of God forever. No more connection. And they will be gnashing and gashing the teeth. There won't be nothing in hell that you want. Nothing in hell that you can use. Nothing in hell that you can jump and shout. Nothing in hell but misery and agony and regret that you ever were born and that you were a big fool for not accepting Jesus Christ. And there is no second chance. That was the first and the last chance you had when you was on earth. You had more than one. You had more than one chance. You had many chances. You had 30 years. You had 40 years. You had 50 years. You had 60 years. Some don't have another 15 years, but yet and still, you all won't be a cannibal. And I'm here to tell you five things. I guarantee you, you're going to take the L with you. And I don't want you to go. I don't want you to go. I don't want you to go. But if you decide to go, you're only going to take five senses. Your eyes, your smell, your hearing, your taste, your memory. Woo! Your memory. You're going to have pictures before you and see where you could. You're going to thought you could have went to church and got saved. Or somebody witnessed to you on the street. Or somebody was telling you on the radio. 
you are going to witness it. Don't be in that class. Come on to Jesus. Come on to Jesus. This is all the bizarre. 